This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. My Natural Hair is a live experience where you can come out and witness the show, meet the host, and have your questions answered. Every Sunday at 2 p.m. at Detroit SIP, located between University of Detroit Mercy and Mary Grove College at 7420 West McNichols, Detroit, Michigan. Join My Natural Hair every Sunday at 2 p.m. to experience the culture and the movement. The Detroit is Different podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American classic city. You're listening to the Piper Carter podcast on the Detroit is Different podcast network. Dear Governor Snyder, I sent you to drink the water that Flint drinks. Can you give your kids the water the color of Hennessy? We can't sell these houses. We can't even afford to leave. Dear neighbor, I'm writing in hopes that you care, that I can't breathe. And all these toxins you put in the air, you're killing me. My son's so out of breath, he can't chase his dreams. Diagnosed with asthma, age three. With all this soot on his lungs, blacker than me. Dear Mr. Marathon, you're killing me. Pollution fills my eyes, but I can still see. So if I'm poor, you can't ask for me. But that doesn't mean that I'm worthless. Created in God's image, we all perfect. I know people that went to the hospital and never made it back. Sun-filled lungs, all black. A whole generation with respiratory infections and asthma attacks. Mr. Marathon, you're killing me. Why you out here trying to save the world? Who gon' save me? Who gon' save me? Welcome back to the Piper Carter podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter and I'm in the studio with Brittany, our token millennial. What's up, Brittany? Hey, Piper. What's going on? Oh, man. It's been such a crazy week, right? It has been. So remember we said um, we were going to bring back this amazing guest? So excited. Yeah. Oh, shout out to our intern. What's up, Jara? Hi, how are you? Good, good. Glad you're, you're back. We love to have you back. That's what's up. Yay. Okay. Yay. You're going to make us sound great. So we already sound great. So I appreciate you. You're welcome. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, we had such a great conversation um, with Imam Dawood Walid before, and the conversation, it, like, it was so incredible, but we had to, you know... We had too much fun. It went by really fast. It went by so fast, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, he has a new book, and it's super amazing. I'm, I'm going to, I got to read the whole thing. I was just starting to dig into it. And um, it's called Towards Sacred Activism. And so um, he's back again. He's going to talk to us about this book. And I wanted to also talk to him about some of the things we didn't get to talk to him about the last time. So welcome, Imam Dawood Walid. How are you today? Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Um, I think I wanted to talk a little bit because we didn't get a chance to really talk to you about care and the work you do um, with care. Could you tell us like what care is and what you do there? Well, uh, the Michigan chapter of care is part of a national organization. It stands for the Council on American Islamic Relations. And care is the largest advocacy and civil liberties organization for Muslims here in the United States of America. Uh, the work that we do is primarily centered upon um, anti-Islamophobia work or working against anti-Muslim bigotry and also uh, in taking um, cases of discrimination particular to Muslims, but all of the work that we do relating to uh, civil rights and racial justice is not Muslim-specific. So uh, we've been involved in many cases um, here uh, relating to issues of uh, police accountability, police reform. Uh, we were uh, involved in the the tragedy of the um, Renisha McBride case where the right. sister a few years back was murdered out in Dearborn Heights by mm-hmm. um, by a, a white American male. Um, the issue of uh, Ina Stanley Jones, that innocent young girl which the Detroit police bum-rushed right. uh, the wrong address and shot her in the head. And a mm. number of other uh, cases. We were involved in the case of when uh, RoboCop beat down that brother down in Inkster a few mm-hmm. years back. Um, we were working with that along with the late uh, Ron Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our, our work is not limited to Muslim-only uh, issues. And this is something that I've said uh, for a long time, that justice does not mean just us, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't advocate for your causes as a uh, a racial minority or a religious minority or being in an intersection of those two without dealing with other people's issues outside of one of those groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and likewise, we've been involved with our Latino brothers and sisters as far as uh, advocating for immigration reform and dealing with these um, thug-tactics of border patrol as well as ICE agents, Immigration Customs Enforcement down Mm. southwest Detroit um, where we've had issues of ICE and border patrol picking up people and sitting outside of churches, literally have people scared to go to to prayer services, Mm. uh, picking up uh, parents, you know, as they, you know, come back from walking their children to school. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've dealt with a lot of these issues and then um, in coalition with, with with various groups over the years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for that. And then just a quick question I have is, um, so you mentioned um, our beloved brother, Ron Scott, RIP. Yes. And um, his organization, the Coalition um, Against Police Brutality. Who or what or how is um, the issue of uh, police terrorism um, being dealt with now that he's no longer with us? 
Well, brother Ron, um, he was a superstar mm-hmm. in our community, and you know, one of the founders of the Detroit Coalition Against Police Brutality. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because he worked so hard and there was so much charisma and connections around him, mm-hmm. um, that there was no one really to fill in the gap okay. uh, to that organization. So that organization fizzled out. And actually, I was just having this discussion yesterday with Pastor Ed Rowe. Uh, who's a former pastor of the Central of United uh, Central Methodist Church now for Woodward, right. who's now retired. We were down yesterday at that prayer vigil at Capitol Park uh, with the Jewish community in terms of that mm-hmm. that massacre that just took place relating to that white supremacist terrorist, you know, right. shooting all those uh, innocent Jewish people in that synagogue. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, right now what we're doing is um, since Brother Ron passed away, is really there's a lot of different people doing things, but in isolation, somewhat mm. in silos. So he was kind of the glue that helped bring a lot of people together. Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever reason, um, you know, there hasn't been a type of uh, a synthesis of coming together of, of, of different groups mm-hmm. uh, as it used to be. And that might be one reason why the Detroit police have been I mean, they've always been buck wild, right? But it's mm-hmm. they've gotten more buck wild recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a few years ago, we had them a little more in check. And actually, that's when the Detroit police got off of their uh, federal consent decree, you know, because mm-hmm. the advocates, you know, we were like, you know, really on the Detroit police and the, uh, the Detroit Police Commission, which of course was filled by citizens, was really uh, active until the emergency manager situation came in and mm-hmm. they tried to. The, the fiddle with that, you know, and try to break up the the uh, the civilian oversight. And of mm. course, you have people uh, who have agendas who want to get their people, mm-hmm. you know, on the commission to try to, you know, suppress certain things. But um, it really isn't the way that, that it used to be. But we hope that uh, there's someone who can step up and be focused just on trying to keep uh, these, these cops and check on the local level. And then mm-hmm. us who are doing other work can come and help support that person but you know mm-hmm. my you know I can't um I can't relinquish all of the work that I primarily have to do within my organization mm-hmm. dealing with all the situations such as the muslim ban about um you know the workplace discrimination school bullying of muslims and the discrimination based upon uh religious expression you know I can't mm-hmm. I can't relinquish that just to do the police brutality work uh, solely, but yeah. it's still a very important issue that we need to be concerned about in in uh, in southeastern Michigan for sure. Yeah, thank you for that. And then let's can we just talk a little bit about the massacre that just happened? Um, can you tell us where did you go to Pittsburgh, or were were you you know involved in going to Pittsburgh at all? No, there were uh, some people, uh, obviously there's a Muslim community there and there's an mm-hmm. office of care in Pittsburgh. So right. the representative of care Pittsburgh was there and met with Jewish leaders and mm-hmm. was there at that rally uh, mm-hmm. Saturday night right after it happened. Right. Um, I've been in contact with some of the local uh, leaders here. Um, I'm actually uh, just drafted in an op-ed that we hope to put out with Rabbi um, Alana Albert with the Detroit Jews for Justice. Mm-hmm. And she was speaking at the rally last night. So we really showed up just to, uh, to one, give our condolences and let 
people in the Jewish community know that um, know that you know our hearts go out to them, but also in recognition that a white supremacist that would go and kill eleven Jewish Americans and go up in a synagogue. That same person could go up into a mosque tomorrow mm-hmm. and go up into a, a church with our people. As a matter of fact, last week also in Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, there was a white supremacist that tried going to a black church and he mm-hmm. couldn't get in. He was armed. He tried arm entry. He couldn't get in. Mm. Then he went to the Kroger and he killed those two mm. senior, uh, African-American senior citizens. And mm. that, that really didn't get blown up in the national media right. that much. There's right. been a little something about it. But mm-hmm. between the white supremacists who was sending the pipe bombs that was trying to kill Obama and right. Eric Holder and all that, right? Uh, and also George Soros, who's Jewish. Um, but those 13 people. Um, and now there's actually another person. There's a Muslim uh, activist, um, uh, Sister Linda Sarsour. Uh, right. I just learned uh, today that, you know, there was they actually they intercepted a package, but he was trying to send a pipe bomb to her as well. Whoa. So, um, and that hasn't gotten, like, real news I coverage. need to reach out to her. But the thing about it is, is that whether you're black, you're Latino, you're Arab American, Jewish, these white supremacists are emboldened so much because our president declared openly he's a nationalist. Right. Nationalist means white nationalist. Yeah. White nationalist is white supremacist. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, these people are emboldened. Um, They are armed to the teeth. And as I was telling uh, someone last week that, you know, America is the only country in the world where there's more guns in the country than people. Mm. We We have a population... Like around like about 335 million people, mm-hmm. but there's more guns in America than people. And Whoa. as much as people talk about the hood and places like Detroit or South Side Chicago supposedly yeah. being violent or armed, right. the people who have the real guns don't live off of Mac and Bewick right. or Sturdivant and Dexter. Right. You know, it's these people who live in Howell mm-hmm. in Midland, Michigan. Yeah. And they, they, they're they the ones who got the, the AR-15s and the right. AK-47s. And, the, and they train. They and, tra- and they train regularly. And right? they so, train their children. Yeah, yeah, but- yeah. So these are the people who, um, these are the people that, uh, that we have to be worried about because if, mm-hmm. if something pops off, they're the ones with the real guns. Yeah. And also, uh, Department of Homeland Security put out, a sta- uh, put out a report a couple of years ago that said that they know that w- white supremacists have infiltrated law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I don't think they mm-hmm. ever went anywhere. Right? No, I always right, thought right. they were all, but they said that it's it's been an uptick. That there's more, and there's white supremacists in the U.S. military. Yeah, right. So if the thing jumps off, we can't assume that that the police or the National Guard mm. is going to necessarily have our back because no. they're white supremacists. Yeah, uh, up in them joints too. Yeah. So okay. you know, we 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 have to we have to really be mm. serious and understand the time that we live in because I don't right. really think that a lot of people, while we sitting back, uh, you know, wasting our time arguing about the Cardi B Nicki Minaj beef or mm-hmm. you know some other type of stuff mm-hmm. that we know that 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 preoccupies our time in our discussion. We don't really uh, we're really ill. Equipped and prepared that if the real thing jumps off, yeah, uh, you know we're not ready. So no. we have to we have to be ready. So 
What do what do we tell our children? What do we tell our young people? Well, I mean, now is a time for a few things. I mean, first we have to we as adults have to have ourselves together and make our children feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can't be confused. We have to, our children have to see that we're people of 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 morals and ethics, but that also that we that our children see us working with other people, dealing with other people, that we can set an example, mm-hmm. right? Because as that saying goes, their safety's in numbers, right? Yeah. So then we need to be involved in in trying to make this place better and working with other people in other communities so that we can hopefully have some sort of uh, safety in numbers. I would also say, and this might be uh, a radical position to some people, but people talk about, you know... Uh, revolution or people talk about, you know, the need to, uh, you know, be able to protect themselves if something goes down. But the reality is, if you don't know how to make your own food to get your own food, yeah. if you just wait, if you just depend on the supermarket to, to feed your family mm-hmm. and you don't know how to grow nothing, you don't mm-hmm. know how to, to hunt nothing or fish right. nothing or catch nothing to get some food, if these people come and cut off the food supplies, right. if you don't have any training how to defend your family, your block, with having like a block club or a rifle club, mm. if these people try to come and bum rush, then really, you know, then really we're really playing around. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I'm... I'm for I'm for gun control in the sense that I don't think that people should be having assault rifles with a hundred round right. drums and, and, and these high powered clips and things. But these pe- these things are already out in society. Even if they're barred right now, these people are armed to the yeah. teeth with them already, right? Yeah. Um yeah. but I do think that we as people, uh we shouldn't just be uh left to our own selves unprotected and just only def- uh, depend on the states. I think that, um, in other words, I believe in gun control, but I also believe in the Second Amendment. And that's for our right. people too. It, it just ain't for, it ain't just for uh, Joe the Plumber yeah. and John Sixpack. Uh-huh. You know, it's for, it's for uh, Aisha yeah. and it's for Kareem yeah. and May May and them like, yeah. and, and, and Hector down Southwest Detroit. Yeah. So I'm just real talk. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. No, that's real. I mean, what you said, the imagery you said is, as you mentioned, like a block club, a block association. And with that is, you know, we talk about it all the time, and Piper specifically, is everyone knows their role and being comfortable with that there's specific people in the community that are armed to help and armed to protect and have that sense of security when it comes to carrying guns. I'm I'm okay with that too. You know, I me personally, I don't want a gun because I don't want to know how to use it. But <laughs> if my husband, I don't have one, but my future husband or my brother got trained in that and, and was mentally stable in using it when the time came, I'm okay with that, you know? So, But then, and then again, of course, you know, you, we might as well be armed because even if you're not armed, if, if the people are going to come, they're going to come. But at, right. least, but at least you can give it, uh, a, a good fight in protecting yourself. Like we know historically, what's happened in the black community with like 
I mean, for God's sake, like in Philadelphia with Move, they literally right. dropped the bomb. Right. Yeah. They, they literally dropped the, I mean, the, the law enforcement dropped a bomb yeah. in, in, in the middle of the, uh, of the black community. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. I mean, we know what happened with Leonard Poltier, you know, with the American Indian movement, mm-hmm. you know, um, who's uh, someone I've always looked to. He's a political prisoner in, in, the, in the federal, you know, prison and what they did to the indigenous community. So mm-hmm. we know about all that, but still, you know, it, it's, it was the saying goes, it, it, it's, 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 it's better to die standing on your feet than living on your knees. Mm. Right? So, yeah, that is um, the saying. So that's, that's just, uh, mm. I hope I'm not going to scare the listening audience. No, by saying, you, really, uh, really, really I'm, I'm about they peace. Enjoy, they enjoy these yeah. perspectives. But no, but really, no, <laughs> I, 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 I'm about peace. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and obeying uh, the, the laws of the land. But as my, uh, my spiritual uh, Baba, uh, El Haj uh, Malik Shabazz, Malcolm X, famously, he, he said, uh, uh, be respectful, mm-hmm. uh, show courtesy, obey the law. Right. But if anyone puts their hands on you, send them to the cemetery. Yeah. Malcolm said that in Detroit. He said that. Uh-huh. Right. So uh-huh. that's just that. That's just where that's just where I'm at right now. Uh-huh. Okay, that's what's up. Oh man, so we we back with Kari. Kari's gonna join the conversation. It's about to get live. Okay. So um, yeah, so I mean, with that, you know, that thought around peace and that thought around you know safety and community safety and things like that. You know, it's interesting. Um, I always think about. I always take it back to like education. You know, and I'm thinking about our youth and our youth um, having access to, you know, learning about uh, their history and learning about their greatness and learning about the world and geography and civics and, you know, just just other things, critical thinking and just looking at the way um, the way our, our youth are cut off of access from these things that can, you know, have them be, I don't want to use the word successful, but I don't know another word other than functional, right? Like to function in the world. And then I look at, you know, um, the changing identity of younger black people, because a lot of younger black people now are more I like, you know, not wanting to identify as African-American or not wanting to be black or this kind of like, I'm not a typical black person type thing. And then I think about this Candace Owens and Kanye Lord West type thing and these so-called like young black leaders. And you know what I'm saying? Like just looking at these like young, you know, Republicans or young right wing. And then I look at, you know, the expansion of the right from the rest of the world, the right wing, you know, from the rest of the world, you know, the infiltration. And then I think about Brazil being a predominantly black nation and then somehow this right wing fascist gets elected and he's like murdering women and people in the cup, and he murdered the Capoeira leader. But I'm just thinking about, you know what I mean? Like just, just like how, like moving forward, like all these kind of thoughts just like come to mind. Um, you think things are changing? They're changing. You think so? Yes. Oh, I mean, the Republican I feel like headquarters. Lance Williams on you. But but the the Republican headquarters is like in the hood, like right on Seven Mile, Livernoy. 
for the young, I see, I see First younger off, people. I really don't yeah. put, I mean, Republican, Democrat, it's all kind of two sides of the same coin. Let me not say that then. Let me say what I mean, right wing fascism. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I see, I see, I see that rising and I see it. I'm starting to see it in young black folks. Yeah, I mean, it, which is I like, would, whoa. I would argue, uh, <laughs> I would argue that some of the, uh, some of the, the the battles that we face as black people here, and I still identify as black, but those struggles we face can take us through a whirlwind of philosophies in uh, feeling less than because we've always had those battles. So whether identifying with that or uh, finding uh, distorted senses of self through Distorted senses of spirituality, distorted senses of education, distorted senses of economics, family, any of these structures. I mean, so much of it is just the lost cause to be loved. Like when you really look at the Candace Owens, when you look at the Kanye West, when you look at the Jason Whitlocks, so much of it is standing out to be provocative and and seeking that attention and the lost nature of who they are. it's sad that I believe people have been in this zone for a long time um, mm-hmm. with our people. Um, and I have these talks with my dad often because he thinks that things are changing as well. He thinks things in some ways are getting worse. And I think now with the tools of using social media, things can get a little worse because uh, even the people that I know, um, you were sending me screenshots of a couple people I know. Kim Harris. <laughs> You know, and that's been my homie for forever. Like in his perspective of um, his perspective of saying, like, "Hey, you know, let's at least hear out what these black people have to say." And then, <laughs> and then uh, a lot of people with Kanye West, it's like, "Hey, you know, maybe Kanye has a point. Let's oh, listen to man. what he's saying. He may be able to, you know." <laughs> and, and I mean, then it's like, you know, maybe let's let's hear out what Candace Owens. Whoa. I mean, this same rhetoric, mm-hmm. even through the mind of Eldridge Cleaver, right. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right, like we, right. we need to look at these snapshots over time and just know that in Or Clarence fight, Thomas. You know, I watched his documentary. Well, that dude was a Black Panther. Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding yeah. me? So I mean, the 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 way that um we strive to find substance and value and success in a land that builds structures of models of success mm. that are outside, that are not internal and external. Uh, really can really can lead people down paths where they'll you know get on some Ben Coonson you know wow. what I'm saying or Ben Carson. What do what you do you what think? What do you what do you think about that? I mean, I'm just listening and processing, mm-hmm. and um, uh, what made me think about something is another political prisoner uh, of our community is um, Imam Jamil Alamine, right. aka H. Rap Brown. Yes. You know, one of our prolific African-American leaders who's, you know, in prison on, on some Vogue uh, charges, which really, you know, it's um, like many of our leaders who are set up when, I mean, well, first of all, with his case, there's always someone who confessed that they were actually the killer, mm. right? You know, about when he supposedly uh, killed a cop down in Atlanta, and even with the cop calling on the description, but you know, but then again, you know, Hillary Clinton just said yesterday, you know, about right. the whole issue about I me. Mean, she's uh, 
she's she's a hot mess. Talking about, hot you know, about Cory Booker and Eric Holder, you know they both black. You know, maybe they look alike and all that type of like joking right. about that. You know, you know they all look alike. Right. She's saying that stuff out of her out of her out mouth. Out of her but, mouth. But going back to what um, Imam Jamil said, uh, H. Rep. Brown, he said that being black is necessary but not sufficient. Mm. So there's two things with that. First of all, you have to. And, and, and our younger people, but it's in general, is that this whole issue of thinking that we're going to uh, assimilate or be accepted into white normalcy is false, right? Right, and and and, and middle and 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 middle class respectability never has worked for black people, and it never will. I mean, W. E. B. Du Bois at one point thought that. It it could have some success of working. That's why he had the whole philosophy around the talented tenth, mm-hmm. and he got out of here. When I was in Ghana in February, I visited his center where he's buried at, and 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 his uh, his wife, mm. right? So he he totally gave up on that perspective, right? So <laughs> that that's not going to work. So blackness is mm-hmm. necessary, but then also um, without us having um, uh, spiritual strength and a moral mm. code, mm. Uh, just melanin or us having some similar phenotype is not enough for us to have a dignified existence right. in the United States of America. So I'm all, you know me, I mean, I wrote a book about, yeah. about noble black people. Like yeah. I'm, I'm all about black, yeah. right? But at the same time, um, blackness, as, as Imam Jamil said again, blackness is necessary but not sufficient. So like mm-hmm. when you, like, like seeing that young lady on Dr. Phil, oh, and man. she's pretty chocolate. Yeah, color skin, uh, her skin color. She's darker than 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 than, than you and I are. Yeah, right? and um, and yet she's on Dr. Phil talking about she's she feels white inside. Like, <laughs> like ain't nobody. She go- said she was transracial. Yeah, transracial. Yeah, Rachel Dolezal and, and, and all that type of stuff, right? But that that is that is not real. And right. and 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 when she walks in to Macy's and gets followed. Right, you know, ain't nobody gonna think she's transracial. Think she's white. I mean, and, and, and ah! same thing with uh, it's craziness. When, uh, yeah, Tiger Woods ran into uh, his proclivities that were exposed in the public, and the cabulation concept went out the window. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that um, skin color alone, just being black, uh, is is definitely something where I will empathize with. The struggle, but with that, having an understanding of what you're going through doesn't necessarily put you in the position of um, where where I'm going to follow just what you say blindly just because of your blackness. But what I would say is, it's so many people. I mean, it's all of us in this spectrum because we're we're living we're living in a world where society has conditioned us to follow these false idols. The these these false narratives and not really have that internal strength, uh, things that are outside of our, our true cultures, our true natures. Um, how, how do you tap into something like that when you find yourself lost in, in looking to find value in material things and what is known as models of American success? Mm-hmm. I think that's what your book is. I haven't read the whole book, but just reading a little bit of what I was reading, it's tackling some of that, like getting back to the nature of um, of of looking to something because it seems as though, or I shouldn't even say it seems, uh, we as a people have gotten away from 
you know, our spirituality. Like our spirituality used to be the center of our culture. I mean, I, you know I would say I mean? since we were, I mean, the the Mayafa itself mm-hmm. was stripping us of that. So yeah. I mean the that trauma that we've been through as a people, <clears> as <throat> mm-hmm. they say, you know, um, you know, if you have an alcoholic in your family, that lasts for three generations. So I can only imagine mm-hmm. the trauma of the black American experience. Right. But how, how, do, how do we tap into something internal knowing that so many of us along that path are, you know, living in this world, like just lost on that path to eyes or whatever? Well, before, um, before I touch on that uh, mm-hmm. book, uh, Piper, and, mm-hmm. and even the title, touch on the, 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 the title, I like to make um, a point, and this relates to the confusion and also what Brother Kyrie said, but there's a lot of things that we have not reconciled relating to uh, our transatlantic Holocaust and the centuries of, of you know, uh, trauma of our collective psyche that took place. We haven't reconciled. We haven't reconciled. Right. We haven't healed from that all the way, right. right? And so, like, for instance, we know that the one of the oldest denominations of Christianity is the Ethiopian Coptic Church. We know the right. Ethiopian Coptic Church is older than the Anglican Church. We know right. it's older than the Lutheran Church. It's older than those churches in Western Europe, right? right. right. Uh, we, we know that, right? Yet the way that our people understand Christianity or how we were Christianized is not like Ethiopian people, right? Mm-hmm. So like down to us having so-called Christian names, which our last names denote the slave masters who enslaved and owned our people, yeah. to the imagery of the white Jesus mm-hmm. and the psychological effect that had on us and how we look at white people. Because you mm-hmm. think that Jesus is God incarnate mm-hmm. and he's the divine in the flesh and he don't look like you, but he looks like your former slave master and his children, and then they control Hollywood, and they control the political system, then no wonder we have people like Candace Owens. No wonder we have people like Clarence Thomas. No wonder we have people like this that have this self-loathing and don't want to identify as black because their image of of the divine in their mind is the antithesis of how they look. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's something that we really have to deal with is that that uh, that imagery and that effect of how religion was presented to us falsely, mm. not in its pure form, not the pure teachings of Jesus, mm-hmm. that has led to us to our to our mental conditioning and in fact our miseducation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, that might sound a little provocative. And again, I'm not, because I'm a Muslim, I'm not slighting Christians. That's why I start off with the caveat that mm. the Ethiopian Coptic Church, yeah. and the Ethiopian, that, that's the older denomination than, I mean, yeah. than, 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 the than what these people of get. Which, it's the roots of which much of this comes from. Uh, right. That cradle of civilization, of spirituality, and then even the idea, uh, traditionally, uh, the, the ties to colonialism and missionaries, mm. military and money, like the, mm-hmm. those ties, mm-hmm. money, missionaries, and military. That all needs to be your next album. For, for colonialism. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's where like some of this stuff um, 
Shout outs to, you know, some of the people that break it down in, in 16 bar format and, and rap, but like these are conversations. Like, I mean, there's some some things like I, I mentioned, uh, Chancellor Williams, like you can read anything from that. But I mean, mm-hmm. even as he said, Miseducation, Carter G. Woodson's Miseducation wow, of Negro is an amazing book. Y'all got to read that book. Um, and all that's in that book is still valid today. That Carter Still G. today. Book. Yeah. It's still yeah, valid. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Still very, today. Very much so. Um, I mean, even even the roots of uh, of uh, of so much that we can think about the systems and 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 what we're going through, as you mm-hmm. say, the trauma still connected to the Mayafa or the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah, the that is still so ingrained in us. Like mm-hmm. to, to it's like almost on what level? It's like when white people ask me, you know, do you think I'm racist? I'm like, okay, you have levels of racism in you, but I would almost have to take you through like a whole crash course of different scenarios to determine. The <laughs> your level that you have, yeah, depending upon what's happening, just like even within myself, right? Of, of mm-hmm. the love for my my own people, like I, I'm I'm in this same system, so like I I don't know. It, it it's different levels depending upon what's happening. You need and, a color coded system. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm you know like I you know in the like the food pyramid. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. it you, right. You, it, it it would have to be so many different situations that that you know this generation like this is the one change I do think that is happening. This generation of white men are the first generation of American white men that are not from the guise of upward mobility, not as successful as their fathers. Mm. Just knowing some of the older white guys I know, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're in homes with wives that work. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that their fathers probably didn't do. Um, mm. They, uh, the, the the wife probably has just as much, if not more, education. Mm. Um, the it, It's certain things that have changed that are leading to the anger, but it's, it's kind of back tied to that entitlement. Mm. Because the design of America in in the build, hence mm-hmm. this whole concept of, you know, the the you know one of the debates Wayne Bradley, you know, that runs the Michigan uh, the Detroit Republican Party, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I always argue with him. I'm like, I mean, to conserve anything in America is counterproductive to anything that could lead to. Uh, opportunity for Black people because the further we go back in time as Black people. It's not a day and time that you want to be living, you know. Right. I mean, there was some strong things happening and some strong organizations, in spite of like right, it's right, almost right. like through more stress and trauma, you get a mega efforts. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But you know, would would I rather be you know Chokwe Antoine Lumumba than mega efforts? Yes, I would definitely rather be. What Chokwe is doing right now, mm-hmm. than even what his father dealt with and right. Negger Evers, you know what I'm saying? So, right. like to 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 conserve anything in America is counterproductive to anybody other than a white male, right? And they it's the romanticization, romanticization, if you will, right? Yeah, yeah. Of what uh of what America is supposed to be, and it's interesting because like you always talk about Malcolm X. 
Right. And it's like, you know, Plymouth Rock, you know what I'm saying, landed on us. And it's interesting. I got to tell you guys a quick story. This is going to sound so crazy. So my mom's sister, um, she's like our family, like genealogist or whatever, Mm -hmm. historian. So she called me, I want to say like probably like two months ago. She was so excited. She's like, Piper, you know, I need you to send me your DNA. And I was like, hell no, because I'm like totally against, I'm totally against, I'm paranoid paranoid about DNA. I'm not doing it. Send in the 23 of me, and then somebody's taking your kidney. Right, right, it'd be Henrietta Lacks. But she's like, she's like, Pipe, I need you to send me this, your DNA, because my aunt, two things, one, she actually, she's been using Facebook to like connect with different relatives and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she found our actual, cause there's like on my grandma's side, there's like, t- t- so technically my grandma is half white, half black, mm-hmm. but supposedly that's a, you know, I'm gonna put it air quotes. That's a secret. Right. So, cause the grandfather that we have was like our grandfather. Anyway, it's super interesting. But, uh, so my, so there's like the white side right? That's always lived like on the top of the hill. And then like the, the black part that was like, kind of looked like them, but a little bit browner, but a lot of them were passing to like the 80s. So there's that part. So they own the school, they built the, you know, the church and all this other stuff. So anyway, uh, my aunt found our actual like KKK members of our family. I can't even make this up. So she found the KKK members of our family and she's like, pipe, you know, um, this is so exciting. So I guess she's been communicating with them on Facebook and she's like, they want to meet us and this and that. So she... Are so, they still in the clan? I, you know, I don't know. I'd have to ask her. Probably so. I don't, I don't know. Maybe so. Who knows, right? So uh, so, re- so that was like, that's been over like the last five years. So most recently, a couple months ago, she's like, yeah, pipe. She's like, I need your DNA because she found out that we're related to these, the Mayflower white folks, right? So she got all excited about that. So I have to backtrack and say, you know, I have family members that are um, Boule and um, Lynx and all this kind of thing. So so she got excited because she's like- oh, Wait, you got to put the Boule into context and Boule are, uh, it's, well, well it's, it's many different things like Jack and Jill, Boule. Yeah, Jack and but, Jill uh, and, you know, and all this kind of cast- the, uh, you know, light skin, you know, you have to have you your hair the, uh, through a the divine fine nine. tooth comb. A lot of a divine nine. A lot of, yeah. Uh, a lot of the ideas and concepts originally written by W.E.B. Du Bois. This talented tent originally that, 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 like, if you can. Hey, mom was talking a, about. A, a upward. If you can have like a, a higher social class of of African Americans, mm-hmm. then from that concept, they can uplift a whole community. So, like, so these are like. Some trickle down type. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like that, that theory. Belief, uh, a, a real good book to read is Our Kind of People. Right. It goes deep into right, that. Right, right. Um, but, you know, we've so got to get that kind So she finds out that we're related to these Mayflowers, right? These Mayflower white folks. So somehow she sends in her, like, paperwork and her, whatever you need to prove your lineage, right? Mm-hmm. She sends the stuff in and they approve it. So now she's like, get in on with these people because they're like the daughters of the revolution, right? The daughters of the American revolution, whatever. So she sends in her paperwork and all this stuff. So anyway, she's all excited. So she's like, I need your DNA because you can get your card too. 
And I'm thinking, like, I don't want <laughs> to be a part of the Doors of the American Revolution. Because, like, for me, when I think of that work, I always think of that Avedon photo of Marian Anderson, the great opera singer, black opera singer, who, uh, you know, uh, Avedon, uh, Richard Avedon, famous photographer, took a photo of her. And he took a photo of the Daughters of the American Revolution because they didn't want Marian Anderson, a black woman, to sing at Carnegie Hall. So there's this whole history around that. So when I see those photographs, I think about that. And I think about like, why would my aunt want to be a part of the Daughters of American Revolution? Why would she? But regardless, she's got the card. She's all excited. I'm sure my cousins have their cards by now. I'm not sending in my DNA. I'll just have to. I've been an outsider all this time. I'll just consent, continue being an outsider. But that story just reminds me of like this conversation, like this Candace Owens thing and what you're talking about, Imam Dawood, around, you know, this need to be greater than or this, I don't know. It's a collective, what's called, it's a collective Stockholm syndrome. Mm. Like that we want to identify and actually not only be accepted, but we want to join and be fighters for, our, for the people who have oppressed us. Yeah. And and then we also need to take in mind those snapshots, uh, the snapshots of of the history. Many of our people that are black here in America, uh, descendants of enslaved people, have uh, Caucasian blood in our in our veins, just on the strength of women were so constantly raped. Yeah, that. You know, it's not like, you know, even even the Sally Hemming story of uh, with Benjamin Franklin, they've like planked this picture Thomas, like Thomas it was Jefferson. Like, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin. I'm all messed up. Thomas <laughs> Jefferson, like Thomas Benjamin Jefferson. Benjamin Franklin, like black women too, though. Yeah, I'm sure all of them, but raped. <laughs> rape, yeah, you know, he like, they, the rape, they, like a rape black woman. Like, yeah. like he was taking Sally on the town and buying her dresses. Like now it's romanticized and mm. looked back on, but like the 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 way that some of the specific, I mean, so many laws were bred and created from enslavement that really the roots of so much of of American capitalism goes back to enslavement and mm-hmm. breeding people. Uh, uh, the, the, these laws, so like you think of the inhumane practices uh, and so many of these arguments I get into like, well, black people were selling black people into slavery and it's like there was no other intergenerational slavery other than this form of slavery that was here. Uh, there, were, there was no other form of breeding people than this torture here. Like the way that men were raped and women were raped. Mm-hmm. Men were raped to, to emasculate them. Mm-hmm. Women were raped to, to, to bring fear into their hearts. Mm. And then also just the savagery of... of, of of that Viking nature mm. that is inherent in a lot of the blood of like you talk about the American revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when we really unpack what that was, as I even say, the grounds of this nation itself, mm-hmm. we we talk about it from a from a sense of like, wow, these were heroes. These were people mm-hmm. that were that were thieves themselves. They they didn't want to pay back the the coins owed to Britain in the first place. Right. So the the grounds of this whole nation. Stolen land, stolen labor, stolen money that you did not want to pay taxes on. You know, mm-hmm. so like the the premise of even the roots of what we think about. That's why war is so uh, 
glorified mm. because violence and death and, and, and the way that the people can be murdered. Like th- this, is, this is something that's glorified within those cultures. Right. Whereas when we look at people of color, but especially like African cultures, we look to artistry. We look to food. We look to- right. We look craftsmanship, to you know. We yeah, look to things that you'll do if you're in a land of abundance, mm-hmm. as opposed to things that you do in a land of scarcity, which mm-hmm. causes more savage energy out of you. Yeah, and, and this same savage energy, the same way that the Maafa is in my DNA, the savage of cave dwelling, mm. of, uh, living in. Living in Nordic, Nordic temperatures conditions. and conditions, <laughs> yeah, like that. That that's in that that is in them. Uh, so that in in bringing this balance, you know, and some of that still being in us, because like I say, I would say that the that is in many of us because the rape was so rampant on slave land. Wow, you know, that's some that's some wild. Hence the the a lot of the rules about. Um, you know, there were so many rules even created because, I mean, there were laws created in most states where, you know, you cannot murder a slave child. And it's like, why would that even be a law? Because many of the wives of the slave masters would right, murder the children right, because right. they knew that yeah. the children were the slave right, masters. Right. And it was representation of right, the what what happened of yeah. their husband mm-hmm. in their mind. You know what I'm saying? That's so, some deep stuff, man. But this this is... this. It, you know, here we go, Childish Gambino. This is America. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, and like I I don't know if 16-bar formats really present the forum to present a lot of this information. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's, it's you, you can grab onto this. Now, mm-hmm. I, I add all of this to say to go and practice. I like what you're saying. Like to, you know, wh- what steps to go to internalize and to move forward. But definitely having an understanding of history Mm-hmm. And the odds that we're facing mm-hmm. to move forward, so that we can strategically plan in what ways we can add to that pool. Yeah, uh, disseminating information is is key. Mm-hmm. Is key because mm-hmm. we need good information. I mean, that's what Detroit is different about. Yeah, and and that's why you know, and and even talking about our people. I mean, for you, you talked about you know our our lineage, like our spiritual lineage, right? Right. And for me personally. I really, really believe that the spirituality is the part of our culture that really got us through. You know what I'm saying? Because you think about the horrific conditions that our people, you know what I'm saying, like made it. Like they, like we, the descendants of slaves, are the survivors, if you will, right? Uh, we, we actually made it. Like we are the, we the, we're the answers to our ancestors' prayers. Mm. And they prayed, you know, and they were faithful, whether it was the white Jesus or belief in faith or whatever, at its, at its whatever it, you know, it was that they had subscribed to, but that it was that level of faith, you know what I'm saying, that they, that they had that was insurmountable, that mm-hmm. was so powerful that they were actually able to protect us with their prayers. That's so, so deep when I think about, because, you know, I work with a lot of young people. And unfortunately, most of the young people that I work with have never encountered any spiritual um, experience. Like they've, and I'm not saying that you have to have a certain one, although I'm Muslim, so I would love for all of them to be Muslim, but they've never had, many of them have never been to any sort of spiritual place. Many of them have never been 
um, introduced into any, you know, circumstances that would allow them to have a positive, you know, um, experience with spirituality. And for me, I find that so foreign because of the way that I grew up was so spiritual. It wasn't really religious, although we did go to church like six days a week, but I just recognized that my family was very, very spiritual and that they weren't religious and that prayer was really, really a central part of of like our home, of like our, our culture, of like the way we, you know what I'm saying? Like prayer was just really, just growing up, I just, I just look at prayer as being like something that we did, you know, we pray when we eat. Like I do it now. Mm-hmm. It was done so much that now, you know what I mean? Like I pray in all the case, you know, just, it doesn't matter. Prayer, 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 prayer. And I just couldn't even imagine, right, being in this world as a young person at this time and then not having prayer. You know what I mean? I think it's... That's deep to me. I think sometimes, especially your interactions, Piper, but I found it too, depending upon what you define as young people, but a person in their teen teen years or like their 20s, they may not necessarily be acknowledging it in... And recognizing it, but I still think faith and our people play such a strong role in in with that and belief in in the collective prayer, just because the way that we have responded to so much trauma and crises it's, mm-hmm. it, the tragedy of it is that it, in times of crises is is times when we excel so much like wow. I, I think in like you look at even with the high infant mortality rates, the amount of children that are still being birthed in mm-hmm. these communities mm-hmm. and facing odds of just just the the journey of you know it's, it's women that you know have the the best uh, you know access to the best quote unquote. Uh, you know, doctors that man has right, uh, right. offered to practice medicine for them to have fertile drugs and, yeah. and bear a child, and then it's it's some young women in our community that you know sometimes wouldn't even know they're pregnant, like mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it, but that strength and then that favor, and then that mm-hmm. child is born, and then I'm I'm sure men like him are are, are called to pray because mm-hmm. that's those are times when 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 that comes into. Ro- Comes into play, you know, mm-hmm. the christening, the birth of children, the uh, the passing mm-hmm. of, of loved ones. There are so many moments. the The tragedy, like I say, is the crises that it generally surrounds around a lot of that faith, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just that institutional faith being a part of the way that we move. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we we look at as uh, as the challenge of today, I think, in our community, and I'm sounding, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, I mean, it's just such a real challenge of how many brothers, you know, dudes I went to high school with, like, so many of my homeboys are flagged up, are incarcerated. Like, yeah. The, the This prison industrial complex that has locked up more black men in America wow. than, like, whole continents across mm-hmm. the world is... It is, uh, it it is like I, I can't even put into words the the disparity of it. But at mm-hmm. that at those times, that's where faith comes into play. 
Because there's been so many men that I've seen still reach and 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 find themselves in these uh in in those conditions and then you know come and still supply and provide and and play a role in their family. Mm. Like that's to me that's that's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And brothers that support brothers like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, like Brother Dawood, you are part of a, a men's collective. I don't know another way to put it. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that that right. does just that, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's called the Ansar Collective. And I heard Ansar. it was really dynamic too. Yeah, we just had a uh, an event. One of our brothers, Jermaine, uh, he and his wife, who's from the Gambia. Shout out they, to Jermaine. He was on the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. just had a uh, they just had a son, and we had the uh, traditional uh, Muslim. Naming ceremony, okay. almost kind of like how you saw like on Roots, right? But mm-hmm. he wouldn't help to the sky. But what happened is <laughs> that, that the first that, thing that was That's the day, though. Like after, like on the normally, like on the tenth day after mm-hmm. the birth, the baby is brought from the community, and there's some elders that pray over the baby, and then the name of the son or the daughter is proclaimed to the community. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. one that the the parents are then reminded of their responsibilities and the love and tenderness they're supposed to show to the child. Mm-hmm. But then also then the community is advised because this isn't just their baby. Mm-hmm. It's the community's baby. Mm-hmm. So the name is given and then mm-hmm. the name obviously and also the name is explained like what is the meaning of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had that um, with the Ansar Collective just on this past uh, Sunday, but these are the types of things going back to us getting to know ourselves. And you were talking about this, brother Kyrie. This is the importance of of ceremony and ritual mm-hmm. of being able to pass down heritage and pass down tradition. Because a people without their own traditions can't thrive. That's mm-hmm. just just real talk, and that's one of the the tragedies that 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 took place is that many of our of our traditions and our norms. Uh, were cut off from us, and they got us celebrating fake holidays like Thanksgiving, which you know <laughs> really celebrating Native American mm. uh, uh, genocide right. and, and all. And Columbus Day, and Columbus got lost coming over here, and that's still a national holiday. All these <laughs> fake, fake holidays. I mean, right. and, you know, I, I'm, I'm just saying, you yeah. know, there's, there's, we have to recognize our own holidays mm-hmm. and have our own rituals and our mm-hmm. own ceremonies mm-hmm. because that's what's going to help make us whole. It just, it just mm-hmm. ain't following, you know, what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking everybody. Like, I'm going to go visit my mama on Thanksgiving <laughs> and take my family going. I'm going down south right. to Virginia, Williamsburg, hey. and visit family. But it's, I'm going down there because that's when everybody's right. off. Right. I ain't going you to see your like, family. I ain't going to talk about how you know <laughs> the Mayflower and how white folks were hungry and the natives came and fed them and everything was good and they shared some popcorn and corn and all that. <laughs> we we ain't doing all but, that. Right. But just like we talk about being from a, a violent root, uh, a a non truth root of a of a nation, we also come from a nation that is just at, at its whole and at its greatest is just completely misinformed. From its totality, mm. from its total totality, it were misinformed. Even those, even those who are ancestors, who are benefiting from their ancestors coming here. When I say those, I mean whites. Mm-hmm. Um, they're misinformed. Yes. So it's just layers and layers of misinformance. So when I, I would go and say <laughs> some of the misinformation is by design. Agreed. So not not 
putting a label or giving giving the root of misinformed, but just saying that a lot of it, most of it, just to you know, just to talk about the foundations of our culture is being misinformed. So when we looked at when we look at black people or people who identify as African American being misinformed, it's not just branching from, I don't think, the Uncle Tom theory. I think there's levels to why someone is misinformed. It's just not because a person, and it sounds like I'm taking up for Kanye. Um, <laughs> but what I'll say to you is, is I dis, I, I am not a supporter of Kanye, but I do like Kanye. There's a, there is a very strong line distinction, distinction that I make with that. And I use him as an example. The reason why I think I like him is because he gives the imagery of the hypocriticalness that lays so deep-rooted in Mm. all people in our society, especially those, not especially, but I can speak for myself and for my culture as black people. And when I say hypocritical, we talk about him um, going to the White House, chucking and jiving, which was very hard to process and watch. <laughs> but we do it on so many different levels that we don't even recognize it. So mm. when we, all of us, just because of that's how the system has been created. Mm. Wow. So when we go to point the finger at that brother, I think that's where, as a whole, we fall short. When we don't, when we don't have a agenda and say this person is veering from the agenda let there's these are the layers of when mm. one that is one of us that has has stepped away from our true agenda this is how we this is how we uh, tackle this okay we took him through step one step two step three that didn't work okay now we turn our back mm-hmm. and now we do not let the media well. hear us say anything negative about someone that looks like us however we will turn our back silently well so well, that's i don't know at times like uh i definitely um i think Opposing the actions of whomever, depending upon the platform, I, I feel like this is a open-ended platform where yeah. I have the, the chance to express whatever. And I meant through and, the, their media, uh, not this media, our media. And, and, but there's still... The, the critiques do need to be made. Agreed, but it's how they're made. It's and everything is how and when and... Context and, does play a role in every action. And I again, I appreciate it because it only when I look at it, it only heightens with where we are as black people. There's it's obvious that there are agendas that may there may be agendas, but they're so there's so, and the listeners can't see me. I'm using my hands to say that they're spread out. They're being used. They're being they're being reused. They're being used, but kind of altered. So I'm not saying that the agenda does not exist, but is the agenda is the agenda collective? Through all the spiritual spiritual practices, through all of the the different classes, through all the walks of life, with where we are in our in our struggle, or where we are compared, or even if we it, the question should we even try to compare or level up with other racial groups in this country, knowing the systematic things that exist, you know. So it, all it does is prove that there's some. Uh, the the same argument. There's work we need to do. There's things that we need to do. So when that's being said, the stage that I'm in as a person that is a considered a millennial is is watching and researching and listening to my elders and having an understanding and soaking and absorbing and looking at things that just don't make sense or match up. Mm. So I understand why people are confused, right? Because it just is it 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 is 
It is. It 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 can be in in that confusion though. In that confusion, the and I do think time and place for everything matters. Context has a role in whatever we're doing. Um, but ensuring that the correct ensuring that the correct care for whatever that messaging is and needed matters. You know? You know, so like uh the correct care for that message does matter. So that's where like you you just you need the 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 right critique and, and however that critique. But also I agree with you. Like using certain platforms to defame the character of a black person who's who's talking about way. freeing other black Let people. Say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It doesn't matter what they're talking about. <laughs> the fame, using any platform to Agreed. defame the character of another black person. We have to be cognizant of that. So we have to be cognizant of that. You mean like then, TMZ? <laughs> it could be anything. It and that, that's the, that was, again, TMZ, I like Kanye, but why would you go on a format that does not right. care about you? But but it, but it I'm just saying, I'm not even, I'm just speaking Understood. about ever. Understood. So, but that's my role. But this is a part of the understanding Understood. of the trauma of our people. Everybody's not going to be on my level. It, it's certain people that, you know, uh, or, or I shouldn't, on my level, it makes it seem like I'm above. Everybody's not going to have my perspective. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I have to be willing to empathize because if I can empathize with some of the other things that I, I have uh, rationalized and conditioned myself in the community, I need to also be understanding of other people not at that point. Right. I'm going to offer that critique as well because I do feel that some of that context and that realm as, you, as, you, as he's entering into something that he clearly, as you said it best, does not understand, but speaking as if he can progress these systems, mm-hmm. it, it becomes dangerous. But Kanye speaking is just like, you know, to me... Um, you know, around this time the election rally, and then you know, um, you know they'll get I don't know gangster rapper A to show up at, Maybe. at Democratic rally. I, I, mean, I look at him same. like a baby, a baby. You know how sometimes a three or four year old will say some things, and you like, and they're you taking in contact because they're a baby. So you're saying you, we can tell Kanye's misinformed. That's and, the baby. See, that's the baby. See, but now, he still now, says things that challenges, we. This is where I have to push back on you because it's still certain things that he would not say. There's certain realms he wouldn't go into. So it's a zone where he wouldn't go into. Like, even, even my homeboy Bullock that agreed with Kanye about the slaves thing. Because either one of them would never said, hey, Jewish people, I blame them. They could have got out of the Holy Cost. Well, see, and you know he, why they would never this, have said that? You know why they would never said that? I hate not to make that? it a Kanye city, but he mentioned no, 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 the Holocaust. No, no. And no, he, but he, he backed never out said, of, but he backed out of, and I don't want to make this a Kanye thing, but I want to, I want to. That he did. They would not have done that because he never would have given. He never would have. He never would have the point, faced the words to that because he has an understanding that Jewish control has more influence over the media. I would just say go back and listen, listen. I and I didn't like agree. And I heard him say when, and I don't want to make it a Kanye thing or a debatable thing, but I understand what you're saying. And I, I agree like with what you're saying. And I think <laughs> I think he said clearly, he clearly in the moment he realized that he had misspoken when even bringing well, he said slavery that. into it. He, he said it the next the day. He said it the next day. In the moment. I'm telling y'all. Are you sure? Okay, we got to go listen I'm to TMZ. I'm telling y'all. I'm we telling y'all. We got to watch on TMZ. I'm telling y'all, this man is and not, know, he know. is not Brother Daoud at all. He is not going to break stuff down and he hey. is not going to give it to you like that. But I'm telling you, some of the stuff he says because of we are very people in general the the way that the society has 
the way society has us molded, we get sound bites or not even sound bites. We hear something, someone else's perspective, they play it for us. So now we're digesting it from their perspective yeah, I, to begin I with. I remember hearing that clearly. But let me say this though. But uh, it, I'm not it, saying he's right. I'm age, not saying at your age and what his music means to you, it touches that, your heart. That but how you I felt will about tell you, Kanye doing that was how I felt about seeing Ice Cube in the family movie with Neil Long. I will say to you, I will tell you this oh, this you is my, my my standing well, really, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Cube. My stand like, up oh. I, and that, this is where I have a death certificate, Ice Cube. My stand my stance and my comments that may be seemingly that I am in support of Kanye are not supports of Kanye. It's in supports of theories that people in general listen to what they want to listen to. They have imagery on things that they that that do not give full picture. And my my end thing is, is again, mm-hmm. is that Kanye West is human. Kanye West may not be the person that we want in the white overhauls negotiating with Donald Trump or a black person <laughs> in there at all. I will tell you, Kanye West's music has impacted me and has changed my life. But also, I am when I feel wrong, I feel wrong. When I feel right, I feel right. Mm-hmm. I am a distinguished I, I person, and I, was, I'm a distinguished uh, in my I don't thinking. Know an artist you don't like, but if this was Chingy's music, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I will tell you. I will, I will end it at this. I will end it at this. I am a huge. I am a. I have been. Huge I was a huge fan. Like Chingy should be able to I was a huge fan of Jay Z. A huge, and I still am one of the one of hip hop's most lyrical, smoothest, suavest persons. But when I was misinformed on Jay-Z, I went to New York. I told y'all this. I went to Brooklyn to support the Barclays Center opening up in the middle of Brooklyn, thinking that it was good representation for our people. Mm. And then when I realized that Jay-Z was a capital, when I realized that he was he was misinformed and got wrapped into I'm a black person. I'm a black person. He wasn't misinformed. Yes, he that's called black he, capitalism. That's, we, that's, we that's called black capitalism. If you knew better, if you knew better, you would do better. No, no, Brittany, Brittany, hear me. That's black y'all capitalism. Me. Okay, I'll listen. I'll listen. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. If you knew better, you would do better. I think that when you reach, I don't think I've I've not will I will do not have the amount of money Jay Z has. So I don't know the type of salespeople. When I say salespeople, one percenters that are selling me ideas, selling me things that I feel like I can make more money off of. The point I'm making is is that. I looked at Jay-Z. I used to tell people he did enough by giving simply us the blueprint. The the metaphor and the imagery on understanding a black person giving another black person a blueprint, for me, I liked with how I was raised. I don't need you. I can go do my own history. I can go get my own education. But if you give me the blueprint with that, I'm good. So I was good with that theory until I was in Brooklyn seeing protesters, seeing activists say, you know, what are you doing? It made me look it up. So I have, Jay-Z has formed so much of my perspective on street life and connections of all different types of diversities of people, seeing all the different type of people that were in his audience at that concert. But now that Jay, now it took five, four years after Bar- Barclays opening for him to come up with a 444 album. When I go back to his albums and I was cool with him saying that he wasn't Talib Kweli, dumber the better. But then we get mad at Kanye. It's hypocritical. Well, it's I not an either or, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not an either or, but it's, the, not I'm, either I'm, or. it's not an either or, but I am giving you imagery. You asked me to bring up an artist that I love. I'm giving you one right. that I will that I would would have fought. I mean, for. we I mean, I we love Bill Cosby, right? Yeah. Everybody loved the Cosby yeah. show. Yeah. We so love I'm, Bill Cosby. I'm, I'm not hearing bias when I talk about Kanye. That's all I'm trying to prove. That's what it. do you mean? 
that just because I like his music and just because he's in my era, that when I say things that there's truth in some of the things that he says means that that's the only reason why I'm saying it. I'm just saying, like, it, you have an ear to... You're going to hear him out more. Just like I'm going to hear out... You know what I'm saying? It's certain people that I'm just going to naturally hear out Brother Dayu no started at the beginning of the show talking about how his culture saw so much similarity in the things that went on into another culture that they show peace, they show humility by going. So if we can do stuff like that, what, what, I don't understand what is the purpose, what is the hurtness in hearing somebody make their truths and pulling him aside oh, and nothing. saying, I'm just saying, that's you, all you, I'm saying. I will lend an ear to something that I identify with and I definitely see in myself. So, you don't like, identify with Kanye at all? You're saying you no, don't identify saying, with him I, at all? I, not, it's not on the same level because, like, as I was listening, I was listening way more on surface and not as in inter- like, it's certain artists that I grew up with. Like, here, here we go, something breaking my heart. Like, this whole Nas Khalees thing. I identify with Nas because in my maturation of growing up, I connect with Nas albums like ever. So looking at Khalees and I got, I I have a subscription to Essence because I I have a marketing firm. (laughs) I believe that being able to market to women is a smart thing, especially black women. So when I look at Khalees on the cover of Essence and the whole premise of her being on the cover of Essence is talking about the way that somebody that I look up to as an artist and and a figure uh, was was being abusive towards her. And then Nas comes out with like a 15 uh, Instagram paragraph text. I lend the ear and listen. If it was somebody I'm less of a fan of, if it was, I don't know. um, I see the point you're making. Then I probably would be like, nah, he probably beat her ass. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's all I'm saying. So, like, I'll lend an ear to whatever Nas is saying in reference to that. Now, now is that... Uh, that's, that's my own human flaw. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I'm saying in reference to this. Now, in reference to uh, how to deal with it, I, I mean, I, I don't have all the answers. Well, da- Brother Dawood has an answer. No, I'm... <laughs> an answer. No, 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 I'll no. say it's an answer, right? One answer. I won't say the... Can you give a synopsis? Of, I want to get. We really want to get back into this book, but okay. from the synopsis of what you just heard, your words. I think that you know, as uh, as not just black people, as people in general, that we need to make excuses for people and have a good opinion of people as much as we can, but to also um, to try to speak to people and to try to educate and correct people as much as we can. But when we see people that after proactive outreach and giving them benefit doubt continue to display certain types of, of, of behaviors, that is a person you have to pray for and chalk them up to the game. Mm. That, that's, 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 that's just my opinion because he went, because, he went, uh, he went rap with it because like I'm not you know um, yeah. but you know I don't have one on one access I would actually like that opportunity to talk to Jay-Z in person or Kanye West or, or some of these other people really? Now, really? I, I spoke I, cause I, I'd yeah. like to sit down and see really where they're coming from from yeah. a one on one perspective but you know um, you know, we we gotta keep on praying for that brother Jay Z and some of these other mm-hmm. uh, Nas, uh, all these all these black Republicans. They even made a song called Black Republicans. These, right. These yeah, black these, these these black neo capitalists. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we have to make. And just to be frank, I think really when we talk about Kanye, I think that his narcissism level is so there you high, go. so high, and his, his jealousy of Jay Z. 
that he saw Jay Z and Beyonce kicking it with with with, with yeah, Obama. Yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> he said it. He said it. I gotta have me a president too. So you know, he said so, it. So they they, they got he they, said they, it. They got Obama. So you know, I'm gonna rock with Trump. I got me a president too. Where me and Kim can rock with. He said it. You know, and and I think it's I think it's really I think I think some of it is as much excuses we make for him. I think some of it's just that petty. Mm. I, I could I could easily think that, but like I mean, as much as like you know. Probably your reverence for Kanye West. I have more reverence for the man that was sitting right next to him, and you probably don't even connect with Jim, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. I know Jim Brown. But you don't, I don't connect, connect with, with him like I'm how with I you. do. So, you know what I mean? Probably I mean, not. I've read his autobiography. Yeah. I mean, all the things he did in Cleveland, all the stuff he did with the Black Conference in support of Muhammad Ali. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, his move into movies and, and, and organizing things. Like, so... It, yeah, he would definitely be the first person. It's like, what are you doing? And also, <laughs> his stance against Colin Kaepernick. Man, like, we got to bring that who back because my another this is another whole another podcast. My question is: is do we so do we turn our complete shoulder to white supremacy and move the other way, or do we sit down and try to? Create a peacemaker as history has shown you that. You saying make peace with white supremacy? I'm, I'm honestly not saying. I'm not saying make peace. The Price point. I'm not saying make peace with white. The question I'm, I'm trying to ask. The question I'm trying to ask is: Do should we be at should should people be meeting with Donald Trump? That's all I'm trying to ask. I really want to know that question. Should, answer to that should, question. Should people meet with Donald Trump? I got well, a response for that too. Well, let me let me go back to my spiritual tradition that. Um, if someone knows who they are and knows themselves and they have an agenda for their people, then they can talk to Donald Trump, but it should be in the position as how Moses went and talked to Pharaoh. Right, mm. so that that, so that 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 that's the stance. Like Moses didn't just didn't go Thank for his own personal benefit. Right. Moses went to go to advocate on behalf of his people, the children of Agreed. Israel. Right, and, Agreed. And, and, and Pharaoh represented the the tyrant and the and the slave master. Right, right. so so if you have your people's interests in heart, you know yourself, and you have an agenda, then you go speak to Pharaoh. But you can't go to Donald Trump, uh, Coonan. Agree. Right, so, no, I mean, to sell your T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that. That's my thing. <laughs> Kanye West. Kanye West is not our leader. Just like Steve Harvey wasn't is not our leader. When he <laughs> Agreed. Was our leader. So, Agreed. so, so, so the, these brothers. And see, this goes back to what I talked about sacred activism. This right. is why. This is why we need a moral code. Yes. Agreed. People are freestyling. People, right. pe- pe- Just, we have to have a vertical connection. To say the least, we have to have a vertical connection. Yes, and a horizontal connection, and right. that's what that's what sacredness is about. We have a connection vertical, meaning a connection to the divine, so that we know our Lord, and thusly we know ourselves and our relationship to our Lord. The horizontal connection is based upon that connection to the, the, the divine. We then know the parameters that were set by the divine within the material world. Mm. And and, and then that gives a code of morality and ethics. But when you don't have a proper connection to the divine, to yourself, that's vertical, then you can't operate properly in the horizontal. And, and, And maybe I have to come back again to speak more about my book, but... That's but that's that's the whole thing about what sacred is talking about. When I use the word sacred towards sacred activism, anyone can be involved in activism, 
But if there's not this connection with the divine, and then based upon that connection, understand the divine's authority and the divine's influence in you, then that sets the parameters or the precincts. Right. Well, I mean precincts. This is a positive. This ain't like the the the, yeah, the police. This ain't the police precincts. <laughs> right. This sets the parameters and the guidelines mm-hmm. of how one operates. In the material world, social, politically, yeah, and so, but that that means you accept a code. Everything just ain't freestyle and loosey goosey. Agreed, right? That, and that's and, and let me that's say what this. I was saying. And, and part of that code, like I said, even originally with those first, like the Steve Harvey meetings, <laughs> part of it is them having willingness to meet with you. If you call a meeting to meet with me. And and you have to be very aware of the optics, mm. Martin Luther King the third. Mm. You have to be aware of the optics. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is on any level. He ain't this is a leader of our people either. Right. You have to follow. <laughs> when Louis Farrakhan does interviews, he'll he'll interview with whomever, but there are also cameras that he has running. Mm-hmm. So you even have to be smart enough from that. Right. So like, yeah, let's sit down and I'm going to have my camera running too. Just in case mm. you want to recut this Alex Jones. Right. Exactly. He did that with Alex to, Jones. That's right. You have to be smart enough to know things like this. Agreed. You can't just be like, oh, I'm, I'm getting invited to the White House. It's like, no, because if Donald Trump wants to meet with me, he's going to come to my conditions. Mm. I'm going to set the agenda. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set forth what should be said, especially if this is an introductory meeting. Now, when the meeting calls for action items and that are executable, where the White House is something that needs to be used, and this isn't mm. just to meet with Donald Trump. This would be even to meet with Barack Obama. All right. You, yeah. you feel what Agreed. I'm saying? So yeah, it's like, whoever's in but, that office. But what, right. what he's speaking about within activism, it could be even meeting with another activist. Like having these codes and having those, the, the tenets, having, having those policies. But one of them I definitely am big on is certain people need to meet with you on your grounds if they're calling you to a meeting. Mm-hmm. Because if not, then it could be the optics of just you Looking as if you support whatever said agenda right. that they're for. And this could be whether, you know, this is, this is like the belly of the beast, I think, that a lot of politics is in in the first place, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the backwardsness of it. So part of that code is definitely uh, meeting on your grounds. And then when you meet on your grounds, it's not just your grounds. It's what he said. You represent the people. You give people access to talk to them. Yep. You know? yeah. It's like, hey, Mike Duggan, you said you want to talk to me. I'm good, but guess what? I live in this neighborhood next to that guy. Right. He squats. Yeah. He got stuff to say. Here you go, squatting man. <laughs> Talk to the man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What can you do for him today? You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. and then you make those executionable items. And then it's like, what do you need from us? Because that's part of it too. Because the, the, even going in with the guys, but this is where narcissism and ego plays into a lot of people's factors. Like, wow, they want to meet with me because they think something. You have to already go in saying to yourself, in this exchange, because this is political, what is the quid pro quo? What mm-hmm. am I conceding myself? What are they getting for me to be in mm-hmm. this position going on? Like this weekend, that whole black leadership Republican conference. Hilarious. What am I conceding as a young black conservative to show up in D.C. Mm-hmm. at this at this conference. Well, they thought, see, they got hoodwinked. But but also, you raise a good point, Mm -hmm. is that this for the young activists Mm -hmm. who are listening, or even if you're older and maybe uh, haven't thought about things, if you get chosen for these things, people chose you for a reason. They studied you, they know who you are, and they're using you for a gender. It doesn't matter whether it's 
a so-called conservative mm-hmm. or a so-called liberal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's a conservative think tank mm-hmm. or a progressive foundation that's about breaking you off with some loot or some money yeah. for a project. Mm-hmm. You're part of their strategic plan. So don't think that you just the bomb.com It's on your own merit while you're getting this invitation or why they tell me, oh yeah, we will give you this grant for blase splee type of project. Right. Are they coming to you? Yeah. No, it, it, it don't work like that. A lot of people get get confused in the game in this activism game they they talking with these foundation people mm-hmm. and they got loot and they writing checks you and you start to believe your own I mean <laughs> we'll keep it real I talked with yeah. some people on the street who were from Baltimore and they said they never heard of D-Ray yeah. D-Ray wow. was on the streets. Right, right. It was a prop. It was a propped up person yeah. who got put up to be like yeah. in front of the and movement. And he had money for, 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 and all for, that. For, for, yeah. when, when he ran for office, he had his first fundraiser by Wall Street bankers. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but so he, he's 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 part of the neo capitalist right uh, project he that they're using on, him. Had but, on but, the blue blazer and put on the blue vest. Right. Yeah. So so it, it was neo capitalists and people on Wall Street who. <laughs> Who picked D-Ray now, Yeah and, and he had a book out now Yeah Now the people are tearing him up now About his book but, Yeah But people on the streets In Baltimore told me Said man Yeah They didn't even heard this Negro Until yeah. like they threw him on TV But that Right like that, But, but he be, got He yeah. got chosen He yeah. got chosen He got chosen Yeah Yeah, yeah. I mean right now uh, I mean We have to be very considerate Of a lot of these optics and stuff You know yeah. what I'm saying Yeah 100% in, in In having those understandings and and even knowing what's going on because yeah I can't even tell you how many times uh, that first Barack Obama election when I was elected <laughs> on the welcoming committee in Michigan <laughs> for Barack Obama's campaign and mm-hmm. I'm with you and it's funny it was like me and that was like I swear I, I Lee. used to be I used to be on the trajectory of, yeah of uh, young black I, I yeah you was gonna be one of them yeah. I'm but now you're in Raheem and Rakisha. Yeah, I know, exactly. I'm back with my yes, I'm, I'm back with the hot Cheeto collection. <laughs> <laughs> hot Cheeto. Yeah, said red pop. Yes. Right? That's the that's <laughs> party. That could be the new party. It, yes. The hot Cheeto party. Hot, 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 <laughs> hot Cheeto. Hot Cheeto's a red pop. <laughs> Wait, but uh, but in real life though, like but they but the, the the people that I even met there that yeah. are still in politics that now are the young judges and like yeah. I mean yeah. it's a trajectory yeah but it even, is even that and knowing their their roots and their family and, mm-hmm. and you know and it's a different background yeah. that I have it's yeah. a different connection that I have it's a, yeah. it's different enlightenment and ideas that I have but even understanding that yes your name will be used. Mm-hmm. You, when, when that picture is taken It's like You're gonna be like Hey yeah. why don't you just sit up front hey, I can't right. tell you how many times I see stuff like that The population's yeah. like Hey hey yeah. Who wants to pose And yeah. why don't you get here And you know yeah. what I'm saying And right. it's like Damn every black per- Every person of color Is like in the in the front row You know what I'm saying But the, the designs Of a lot of this we, yeah. we, we gotta be cognizant So when our name is called We have to know Even what to ask for Because sometimes It can even be overwhelming When you sit And 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 get into like uh, as you say like a think tank or 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 convening yeah. mm-hmm. or these different diff- these different things and these conferences and talking when you get about, chosen like, as the yes. community engagement when you step specialist up you, you know like, <laughs> what is your ask mm-hmm. and then what is your deadline and what's the deliverable 
Yeah. You know, because they're going to be inviting all types of people. You'll be like, damn, man, these are some phenomenal people. It's like, yeah, you know, we took a container space and then we turned it into solar energy. And now we turn all of the projects in, in, in Compton into, uh, into a green garden. You're like, damn, Because, <laughs> I mean, when you go to these conferences, that's what's the package yeah. you're looking. Yeah. When you go to the TED Talk, everything looks, wow. Yeah. And then well, that's the and illusion. Then what he said, then you go to Baltimore and you be like, hey man, you know who D-Ray is? Like, D-Ray. <laughs> like, hey man, you at that Green Garden in Compton, man. That they turned in. <laughs> Compton Garden? Right. What are you talking about? Man? The Crips? Well, well, that's the reason, right? Compton what? Swap meat? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But that's the reason that I'm, you know, that I, I got to read your book but because I, as an activist, you know, for myself, being spiritually rooted, you know, um, and being in these dangerous situations and things too, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is very necessary, you know what I'm saying, to be rooted and to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. like understand like who you are. Whether even if I, you know, even when I was in the, the fashion industry and music industry, like, you know what I'm saying? I used to keep myself spiritually rooted in prayer and things like that because, it's an evil industry, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like right. surrounded by demons. Yeah. But right. but yeah, but I mean, so um I'm gonna recommend, even though I just started reading it, what I read so far um was really just bringing me um centered into, you know, into focus into like what's important, especially as we're looking at like how you were saying, right? Like a lot of people don't have um direction or they're feeling confused or they're feeling like as if they're not connected to anything. And so um, for me personally, uh, I'm going to look into like reading more of it because um, the sacred activism, mm. you know, is is like like you said, we're looking at a D-Ray who doesn't even really speak for the community, right? Yeah. And, and so who is he speaking for? And let, and let me say this, like... Capital, people, capitalist interests. It's... it's like even Detroit, because this is a very cliquish town, but the roots of like a lot of the uh, a lot of the black people that are in positions of influence, because that's all I'm gonna say, positions yeah. of influence mm-hmm. uh, that that have week. access to to power structures that are outside of the black community. Um, you know, they come like from, some from who different get families. Checks from May Maroon, right? Wow. Yeah, 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 like they get checks from. I mean, shots fired. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, groups. Uh, you know, certain certain schools. I mm-hmm. mean, like Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's if you talk to most black uh, preachers and politicians, even just of any level of affluence in Detroit, they they've all been to some trip to Israel. Wow. Most of you all probably don't even notice. You know, and you're wow. like, damn, why why is Israel why does the why does the consulate of Israel have in their mind to bring uh black political Butler and <laughs> Reverend and, Butler and, and pre black uh black faith leaders and 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 political leaders from a from a city like Detroit all the way to Israel, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and tour them around. You know, I had a long debate about uh, the the role of the Muslim Brotherhood after one of my friends went on one of those trips. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so you think that the Muslim Brotherhood is like, well, they're a, and I'm like, they're a, like what, like like the Black Panther, or, 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 are, they, or, or are they are they terrorists? Not nah, to you, my brother, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like we need to be smart about mm-hmm. like what these things are and what's going on, and even mm-hmm. those people that have those ties and have. People kind of going on because sometimes it's explicit and sometimes it's implicit. Mm-hmm. And then also the way the community 
is galvanized because we know mm-hmm. what people do. You know, your reputation precedes, precedes itself, Piper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even before I knew you, I knew who you were and what mm-hmm. you were doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Dawood's reputation precedes itself because mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a group of people that were speaking about him before I, I, I even met him formally about like, well, you know, we're going to do this rally and this is the guy that's going to, you know, and he can come from a legal perspective of anything Islam. And it's like, okay, that sounds like a bad dude. I mean, y'all got to handle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, it, 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 it precedes it. You know, mm-hmm. what, what Baba Malik's doing at D-Town Farms, it precedes him. That's yeah. right. That's you know right. what I'm saying? So like, Anytime something's thrown on us, we need to just be very cognizant of like what are the roots, and then where are those roots from? Mm-hmm. Where where were they centered? Who, who who's the family? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I don't believe from the from the violent aspects and dynamics of the way the Cosa Nostra and the mafia is portrayed in movies, but the idea of basically saying you can track back to this family, mm-hmm. you can track back to these people and their circles and who they run with, and and the and the character of the people that are. That support them, and that and mm-hmm. that's another one of those things that I think when we think about how we move, because the world of activism, if I'd say, and I look forward to reading this too, and I'm gonna copy, uh, it, it's very tough. I look at you sometimes, Piper, is like just the amount of energy and the amount of 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 uh, effort it takes because our community is so inundated with so many challenges. So, so many. How, how do you stay on that path of being focused knowing that it's, man, every day, like, I mean, it could be, you know, cops shoot a kid, school gets closed down. Water. Uh, water is poisoned. We drove by a, a home that was just torn down. And I mean, this is one of those things where I'm sure I'll be talking to Mama Monica soon. Like a lot of houses are getting torn down in my community and communities the same. And I know whatever they fill that ground with ain't necessarily what's supposed to be filled with. I know mm. they're probably not disposing of this stuff right. safely because why would they? Mm. And that's just my capital. So what, do, what would you say to that, Brother Dawood? How do you stay, you know... Not crazy, just from all you're dealing with. Okay. Um, and I'll make this my last comment uh, for the show. Mm-hmm. But, and I addressed it in one of the chapters, actually, this is the last chapter of In Towards Secret Activism. That book can be purchased at meccabooks.com, M E C C A books.com. It's about spiritual self-care. So normally in activism circles in certain places, people talk about you have self-care, you have self-care. And when they talk about, you know, turn off your smartphone for this many hours and don't check work emails and try to let go somewhere and, you know, get a massage or sit in a hot tub or whatever, right? It's part of that, whatever you can find, you know, read a, a regular book that had nothing to do with politics or anything like that. But um, besides... Uh, times for meditation and prayer, I think there's two things that have helped sustain me over the years Mm -hmm. and I try to implement. And uh, firstly is that I believe that every person who's involved in activism in particular needs a spiritual mentor. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is it's either a, uh, a spiritual leader and or an elder who you know who's spiritually grounded mm-hmm. and is known to have sound character, that that's a person that needs to be checked in with regularly. I have one uh, an elder from, uh, who's from West Africa. He's from the Hausa tribe. His family migrated from Nigeria to Ghana, and then he uh, moved here in the 80s. But I sit with him once a week uh, and just talk about things or just 
be in his company. So it's it's the transference of the mm-hmm. the spiritual state from the elder to the mm. to the to the the younger person to the disciple, whatever words you like to use. Um, so that's important. And the second thing is is relating back to the spiritual energy of companionship, but I don't mean like uh, a spouse or like kicking it with someone. I mean like the circles that we sit in is so important. We can be in circles of men and women who affirm us, who are positive, who are going to uh, give us good advice, who are going to be people that are people of, who are upright or a good character, or are we going to sit around people that is going to give us negative energy, who are always mm-hmm. shooting games, who are always in drama, who are always gossiping about other mm-hmm. people or backbiting. And I stay away from those type of people. I have to mm-hmm. like cut those people like out of my life as much as possible. <laughs> I want to be around. If, some, if I hear someone gossiping too much, mm-hmm. I'm not around them. Mm-hmm. Right? I always sit around positive people. And that's part of like the, the brotherhood mm-hmm. I have with the Ansar Collective. This is like uh, another type of group for me where I sit with some brothers. We just meet up at Leo's or meet up in... In uh, in the mosque and the masjid, and we just sit and just talk about stuff and just feed off of each other's you know energy, and that's needed. And mm-hmm. I'll just conclude with the saying of uh, of Prophet Muhammad, may God's peace be upon him. He said that solitude is better than being in bad company amongst people. Mm-hmm. However, being in the company of of the righteous is better than being in solitude. I like that. Mm-hmm. I love so it's that. better to be around good, righteous, conscious people mm-hmm. and to try to feed off their energy. That's going to help mm-hmm. sustain you in the work. Mm-hmm. But if you can't find any people to be around regularly, then you mm-hmm. sit and meditate and be to yourself than to be around some people that's in a whole bunch of madness and backbiting and undermining um, and this is one of the things too that we need to learn lessons of history too. And I know I said my closing event, but always know and study history as as, as again my spiritual Baba uh, Malcolm X said, uh, "May God sanctify his soul." Mm-hmm. He 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 um, he said, "Of all of our studies, history." is best qualified to reward our research. Mm. So we have to understand history. So in the counterintelligence program of J. Edgar Hoover, there were always informants in the movement, but there'd be two. There'd be one, the quiet informant, that just sits back and just records Mm. and sends information back. Then you have the agent provocateur, Mm-hmm. And this is the person who's a rabble rouser, who mm-hmm. tries to get you excited, to try to get you off balance, to try to get you up into something. And they start causing confusion. The next mm-hmm. thing you know, you can't even think optimally or, mm-hmm. or be able to plan properly. And they throw your agenda off mm-hmm. with their shenanigans, with their being mischievous. Mm-hmm. And, and that still goes on today. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be government informants, but it can also be um, agent provocateurs that are sent in from other movements, other organizations mm. that have money that pay off some Negro because in their SWOT analysis, they see you or your group as a strategic threat in the mm. SWOT analysis Understood. because the, the strength and the weaknesses are internal, but the opportunities and the threats are external mm. in the analysis, mm-hmm. in that power analysis. So this is real, right? So, yeah. so I can... I can 
I, I can I can smell the form it better than I can smell a corned beef sandwich. Wow. <laughs> I've seen I've seen so many FBI and, and, and police informants. I've been around so many so many years. I can mm. I can smell an informant nine times out of ten. Mm. Well, that's a skill set needed in the movement. Well, let's um let's do okay. So that was your last word, but yeah. just give one more last word about your book because it the, the thing I want to say that's good about one. your book. He definitely sold he one. He sold one. Cardi. Yeah, and and, two and me and too. And me two. too. And and a good Three. thing, a good thing about your book <laughs> is that it's not long. No, it's short. On it's, purpose. it's pretty short on purpose, right? It's short yeah. on purpose. It's short on purpose because people have shorter short attention spans. spans. These days. But knowledge is knowledge. But I, have you found that books like this from the right person usually has the most impact? Yes. We we'll dig this here. It's like a pamphlet a, or something. A second, a second reason, like that book is shorter because. I remember how impactful back in the day the books of Dr. Naeem Akbar were on me, and they were about the same length, like Community mm. of Self, Breaking the Psychological Chains of Slavery. Mm. Them books won't over 100 pages, really. Those but, it might take you a, but it might take you a minute to read. It might take really, you a minute. Really? Yeah, it might take you a couple times to read it. It might take you a minute. Yeah. But you're going to be able to... Uh, you're gonna be able to get those nutrients better right. from from, yes. from some high quality, you know, beef that eating like a big fat burger. <laughs> yeah. No, Good really, analogy. no, real talk. Yeah. Real, yeah. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, very much so. So this is so this is awesome, and it's and it's beautiful. It looks like a um, an anthology. You know what I mean? It looks beautiful. like it belongs in an anthology, right? So um, so this looks like it would be like part one of the sacred, you know. The sacred activism anthology or something like that, but uh, I don't know. Food for thought, but um, yeah. So thank you for stopping by and um, indulging us um, in this conversation. I'm glad Kari got a chance to sit down yes. with us. Me too. And uh, join the conversation. Pontificate. Pontificate. <laughs> but did you want to leave us with any Shoot last last words for the community or anything before we go? Um. Yeah, I'll just end with a a last word, but. Uh, Always remember, especially those of us, and I, and you know, and, and all of us have some people who are younger than us, but are also older than us. So always keep in mind that uh, even if we disagree with our elders and we think that we're so-called more woke, no group of people will ever succeed who do not honor their elders. Mm. And then also those of us who are younger, we should not be condescending. And though, and people will never succeed if they don't show mercy to their youth. So mm-hmm. we have to honor our elders and show mercy to our youth. Mm-hmm. And if we if we can do that uh, more as a people, then uh, we're gonna we're gonna move upwards. Uh, but if we disrespect our elders and we are harsh with our youth, we're not gonna go anywhere. We're not gonna make progress as a people. Mm. You got any last words, Kari? Uh. I don't know. I mean, I was just gonna say, peace be upon to you, mm-hmm. to everybody listening. Uh, Detroit is different. Piper, you are touching a lot of people in a lot of markets. It's good. Young Brittany is definitely grabbing more of the mic, uh, adding in the segments. You did the segments and everything a little no. bit. Yeah. Well, we went over them earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So that's what's up. We looking to add and mm-hmm. keep building. What about you, Brittany? Last words? Um, yeah, I want to shout out to Brother Dayud and Kari for always giving that good masculine energy um, that's pure, that's humble, that's genuine, that feels good, especially when it just enters the room. So thank you for that. And then uh, I want to shout out to Mama Gloria. She uh, mm-hmm. sent me 
a very beautiful email um, letting us know that she's listening and that she has perspective. And so I just want to thank you again, the listeners, for believing in Detroit is different and giving Piper such a beautiful space to bridge the gap as always. And uh, what's your email, Brittany? Brittany at Detroit is different. And then, yeah. And my email is Piper at Detroit is different. Um, I guess my last words are you guys got to get this book towards sacred activism. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, from what I was reading, it's more for, you know, just people in general, not just the activists. Um, and you actually, you are an activist if you're activated and you care about your community. Mm. That's right. Yeah. And so I don't um, think as many people that listen to your podcast that don't consider them. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, it, but it, I mean, and, and it's, and it's really short. So, you know, you could read this on your plane ride, your bus ride, At you know, your rally. At your rally while you're waiting for your speaker. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, so Brother Dawood, you know, um, Imam Dawood is always out here in these streets, you know, fighting for everyone. And thanks for, you know, bringing your fresh perspective and, you know, your positivity and your strength and, you know, your guidance. And we really appreciate mm. you, you know, in our, in our community. You're very needed. So, uh, you know, people have been listening. I've been getting lots of positive feedback mm. about the podcast from all over the world. Um, texts and emails and inbox messages on Facebook and if, is it called inbox on um, Instagram and things like that. So people are reaching out and the saying DMs. thank you. Shout out thoughts, crimes. The DMs. Thought, thought the crimes. DMs. Yeah, and shouts out to thought crimes because thought crimes has like, what did they have? Do they have 50,000? 51,000 uh, you know, subscribers on YouTube and they actually featured our um, podcast on their YouTube channel. So okay. shout out to you guys. Thank you for, you know, that plug. And um, thanks for, you know, everyone that's just giving feedback and listening. So um, Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different. Uh, and just keep listening and keep supporting. And we appreciate you. Assalamu yes. alaikum. Peace. Wa alaikum assalam. Remember to like, Share, One, subscribe, two. and always listen on Stitcher, One, Google Play, One, Apple Store, and Spotify. Yeah. No time like the present possession is just it. Left back in the dust, the old us. It's a must, I bust, it's just too true. Blues traveling, baffled in a dark space, waiting on the spark, face forward, face down. I can't drown, rock a crown full of crystal, got a pound and a pistol. Got down just to get her, get up and see it through. Been a quitter, had to take up on my next move. Bless you, baby, oh shoot. Control cruise, bag lady, drop two. Few feelings had my eyes welling, yelling, nigga, make it chew. Bake a few, had to step up on a steady groove. Testimonial, I'm only on my own views. I'm only on my own views Check who, chest moves, baby, bless you Got a feeling if I wear it, you can see it too Unbelievable, we unaccountable Insurmountable two cents The doubt and what you spit For me it just ain't meant to be Got blessings in my pedigree If you don't get it, then just let it be It's relativity, I'm boxing with the best of me The rest of me is just a dream This little light beam So when you see me, let it ride so when you see me, let it ride. Time ticking, 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 it's ticking away. Ticking away, away, sticking away. Don't let it catch you, slipping, slipping, stepping away, away, slipping away, away. The time change. Time ticking, sticking, ticking, it's ticking away. Ticking away, ticking, sticking away. Don't let it catch you, away. Don't let it catch you, slipping, slipping, stepping away, away. Time change. Time change. Time change.
Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit.